0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotobrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions
1: and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to summer. I know. You thought it was summer two weeks ago. No, no, we finally have have crossed that line of the most daylight day. Did you go out and look at the daylight at 9 o'clock at night the other night? You know, that's one of the things, right? Well, I'll tell you this. It is certainly going to reflect summer when you take a look at the next week or two in our part of the world. We're all accustomed to heat. We, We get that. But this is going to be relentless and in many cases dangerous. So as Garden Mama, I'm here to tell you, Get up early in the morning, put on all your insect repellent, get out and water your plants, do what you need to do, and then don't in the middle of the day. Come back in the afternoon, put on all your sunscreen, put on all your your insect repellent and go at it again, but not in the middle of the day, please. It's I need you to be here to listen to the broadcast. Show me your gardens. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven that is the super talk call line and always available to you when I'm here six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five I trust you have that number carved into a piece of fine furniture somewhere in your house that is the ceasefire text line which gets you here as of course it has already gotten Trey this morning. <laughs> Trey's having a good relaxing day. Thank you, Trey. You and Snoopy are looking pretty good. I like it. Oh, my goodness, look at those beans. Good grief. <laughs> we were talking about beans yesterday. This, this is I, I've just picked the, the tail end of the beans. I'm going to take that beautiful green leafy vine and all that leftover material and work it into my compost in a very serious way. If I don't actually put it into the bed that is next to the salad table where it's all growing right now, don't throw it away is the point. There are many things you do not want to keep in your garden. When you pull up poison ivy, when you get rid of Smilax, if you ever can, good luck. But there are a lot of things that we do want to keep, and perhaps the biggest... Are the vines and leaves from beans and peas? Because as the, as legumes are known to do, they do fix their own nitrogen from the air, and that can help the compost or the flower bed or wherever you're whatever you're working them into. In my case, it'll probably be the canna bed, which needs all the nitrogen it can get. Good morning, Lance. Good morning, Garden Mama. How's it going today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well,
2: uh, you know, I have to comment on Trey. He, you know, he had, <laughs> had a whole bucket full of beans last week. And he said, "I had one more row to go, he's and just, this week he's I'm got serious. A, he's got
1: beans everywhere. Beautiful. Oh, they look great too. Trey, great work. The out man there. can grow some food. No doubt. No doubt. In in time of catastrophe, Trey is one of those people you definitely want to know. Because guess what? He'll be having dinner. <laughs> if you're lucky, you'll get there too.
2: Yeah, I'm getting like a a pepper here and there, and a cayenne, and a, a little of this. Nothing." Mm-hmm. Where I could feed myself, you know, you know it, much more, less everybody that can yeah, eat these. Yeah, everybody beans. else. But yeah. I mean, man, he's got a crop, doesn't he? Does. He
1: does. He does.
2: We get some folks on here that, and thank goodness they share their photos. And I know that's something that you enjoy, but it, it really puts into perspective when you share. Yes. And you can see how amazing the work you yes. guys are doing out there. It,
1: it's absolutely inspiring. It makes me want to go home, and be a better gardener, and I'm I, I have to. I will confess. <sighs> somebody sent me a picture of their blueberries this week and said they're tasteless i said so are mine i'm so sorry i think too much water as they were ripening because the skins are thin it's not like they were deprived of water which is what i kind of thought was going on later on in the process but as they finished ripening they really did not they're they just they'll make great compost and the bird if the birds leave any because the birds really are enjoying them but There were just a few on one bush that were very, very sweet, and since that's my thing... I, I ate those myself. Well, I don't blame you. The
2: birds are out and about, and uh, I had, you know, we had our buzzard, our vulture, oh, out yeah. there that had grown up and flown off, and I didn't get to see him last week. But I went out to check this morning just to see if he'd come by to say hello. And he had a a nice possum breakfast that wow. he was working on in the courtyard. So I was very happy to see that you know he's really he
1: has made a he, home he's there. He
2: spread his wings and uh, he's flying around and he's uh, he's figured out what it is to be a vulture. Pretty know? bird, beautiful, and he's so pretty. So. Thank you, Bird, for coming back and saying hello.
1: Well, he doesn't know this, but we all might need to. Um, I don't even believe this, but there's a Danish university that has done a study, and they tell us that, in fact, you can satisfy your appetite just by looking at pictures of food on your phone. Now, may I say that... I've never any, known anybody actually from Denmark. I'm sure there are people that have that heritage in their world that I would know about if they told me their DNA. But I think they must be different from me. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> I can't look at pictures of flowers and like them. I can't look at food. I, just, I don't know.
2: I don't think I could do that. I mean, if somebody put a big piece... Uh, a big picture of a, a great pizza, or some chili dogs, or tacos in front of me—that would not satisfy my appetite. Send you to appetite. your car, yeah, and I down would the street, heading to Sonic or something. <laughs> you know, I don't think I could be satisfied with that.
1: Oh my goodness! Oh, look how beautiful! This is gorgeous. It's Delta Danny sending this picture of this one of those tree a dali- tree lilies, rather. Now that's a term. It's not a tree, but it's a lily that gets to be well taller than his wife. <laughs> And she's lovely and not a tiny person you know she's tall enough to be a grown up so this is I like it when people put their their five year old next to the sunflower and the sunflower is actually only four feet tall but the kid is so much smaller no 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 in this case mrs. Delta Danny is looking beautiful and that Gorgeous, gorgeous lily. I hope it smells good.
2: Wow. And I mean, the bloom on that
1: thing is bigger than her head. Yeah. yeah, Isn't that magnificent? That is magnificent. Just beautiful. I love this was the last week of total lily perfume. Now, I don't I've, I've told you before, stargazer is a little intense and these are slightly less than stargazer. But with fans on in my house and flowers in just two rooms, you know, very few, just big, big lilies, just a few of them. The whole place has been absolutely delightful. And so this week I have to switch over to the the phlox, which is a less, perhaps less uh, exciting smell, but it's also pleasant. And I think that's one of the things in the summertime that we really do take for granted are these beautiful fragrances. So bring some of them in the house at least. This is great. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful, beautiful garden. We love seeing these pictures of your gardens this is just spectacular i uh I, I think this is dylan's garden is that what you would would take from that caption yeah
2: i'm and going hernando. with dylan and hernando and, and that looks pro i mean that's I mean, professional grade there seriously yeah. <laughs> that's amazing
1: look at all of this beautiful 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 just gorgeous The rows, I I can't get in between the rows to fertilize one last time like I usually do. They really have grown. It's lots of corn. Do you think it will still make? Yes, it'll make fun. I've had uh,
2: the sweet corn on the cob in the last week and a half of probably boiled about six or eight, you know, it has been eight, yeah. And just, it's so delicious right now. I don't know if it's, y'all haven't had an opportunity time. to this get is out. The yeah, time. Almost, it's just exploding with deliciousness. And just throw it in the in the tub of hot water, a little butter, and that's all you need. You don't need anything else
1: when no, you pull it out. It's ready to go. It's ready, and that that's the thing about this time of year. If you're eating seasonally, and I hope you are you begin to understand why we like to grow stuff in this part of the world because it, it does make a big difference where you are and how things grow. Um I this sounds funny but I still don't have any escalator zucchini to share with you. But someone did bring me some really delicious homegrown cucumbers and they were sweeter than anything I've tasted in a long time. And in my refrigerator there is an English cucumber, you know, that I bought at the grocery store. I'm not gonna eat it. I'm <laughs> gonna eat the others. They're better. They're just that much better. The question comes immediately, of course, when we look at all these beautiful things, is it ripe yet? This is a game we play around here, particularly in the summer. But um, some of the stuff that you you can't tell for sure, okay, there's some things like pumpkins and, and some... Um, what they call winter squash, but we grow them in the summer, acorn squash and the hard shell squashes. Some of those and most of our melons will have a slight different look at the point where the stem meets the fruit. It'll just begin to be a little bit less bright green or it'll begin to just shrivel just a tiny little bit. Then That's when you know that the melon has gotten all it can get in terms of nourishment from that vine and it's ready to be harvested. But... When it comes to things like summer squash or zucchini, they'll just sit there and grow and grow and grow. And then unless you're trying to outdo someone in terms of the weight of your your vegetables, they really are more delicious if you pick them when they're about the size of the span between your thumb and your little finger. Okay, that's a fairly. You can even go smaller if you're trying to grow fancy, you know, in, impressive things to, to do a fine dining plate with. But if you'll harvest the squashes that the summer squashes when they're about the length between your thumb and your little finger you'll find that you have a much better result and they'll continue to make more squash that's also very important i haven't figured one out i have a, a i have an eggplant plant that i bought and i think i think i bought it from catcall i'm not really sure oh that Remind me to tell you about the tomato festival. Anyway, the the, toma- the eggplant on here is really tiny, and I knew they were going to be small, but I can't decide if I should cut it because there's many, many flowers on it, and I think it'll go ahead and make more little eggplants. But I'm going to cut that one today and, and roast it. I, it won't be quite enough to make baba ganoush, but it will be tasty. That's fun. The shishitos are doing very well, by the way. They've outgrown their pot. That's one of the problems of growing things in containers. Sometimes, even though you think it's a big enough container, it's not. And this one, this plant is got, I'm having to water it twice a day just because it is over, over its space. There is, Let's see. Again, we we don't know. Ex- I don't know where this one is. We're just going to say it's Helen in hot coffee. Okay. Hi, Garden Mama. There is a white substance on the ground near one of my flower beds. Is this a type of mold? Should I just leave it alone? Thanks. I don't know. If you send me a picture, I might be able to help. If if you or if you can tell me what else is. Is it on the lawn or is it in a shaded area? There's a couple of choices there. But uh In general, if we decide something, for example, if you have, if if you change the pH of most things, it changes what can grow there. And so, for example, in this case, you might want to use a little solution of water and lime and pour on there just to see if that changes it or makes it go away. You can always use a shovel to remove things that are like prolific. If you have an old root under the ground somewhere, it may send up kind of kind of formations that are mushrooms but sometimes it's just more of a little slimy mess. You can take that out with a shovel, but I I need to see a picture or something to help understand what I'm helping you with. But that would be my 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 best suggestion to anything like that that is unusual that you've not seen before and you can't identify scoop it up with a shovel or and then then probably right after that water with lime because it'll it'll be a better it'll be a better situation
2: we had a call from greg and he he gets a little nervous on the phone he said and uh he didn't want to uh belabor the situation but he said (laughs) he had some beautiful sticker bush type things that were growing (laughs) around that he really enjoyed and but he didn't uh, He didn't want to get rid of them, but there's some weeds and stuff growing up through the middle, and he's been pulling them and pulling them and trying to kill them, and he was just curious if there was, and he had his pen and paper handy, mm-hmm. said, if I went down to the co-op, would there be something that I could spray on them that would kill them and not kill my sticker bushes? And he didn't really know what kind of sticker bushes they were. Uh, It's
1: probably a question for the folks at the co-op in terms of the plant material themselves and what material to use. But I will tell you that selective weeding is really difficult. That's why there used to be, for example, an applicator for herbicides that was a tube. And they sold you tablets that you put in the tube, put the water in, and there was a little sponge at the end of it so you could walk along and touch things with that applicator, that would not get on the, so the product wouldn't get on the other plants. And that kind of manual, li- literally paintbrush or something like that. Um, some people can do it with a shield around the other plants and they can still do a spray, but it oftentimes is a, a, a matter of putting it on the product, putting the product on the leaf that you're trying to get rid of. But I would go ahead and ask them for what product to use, and I will also tell you this. Sometimes drift is a bigger deal than you might imagine. So be very, very careful if you're trying to do that selective work. Selective weeding is also very appropriate and can work in this circumstance, particularly if you have a bag of mulch next to you and you can mulch over where you have just pulled out the weeds. I'm in the process of doing that with gripe weed. Gripe weed looks like a tiny little mimosa tree, but it it isn't. And it will, in fact... I, I literally got it out of one of my beds last year and this year it's back in there because I clearly didn't get all the seeds. But that's really the, my biggest issue right now. My biggest makes me angry all the time is gripeweed. I guess that's why it's called that. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's see. Um, I'm tired of ants getting into the. Was this the heirloom tomato one? No, this is the ant question. Um, How to take care of ants. Yeah, they do move around. They sure do. They go from one place to the next. And if you're not treating the property around there and the mounds, they'll just keep doing that. If you treat the property and you treat the mounds, all in the same action, but you do the property first, then the ones that escape the mound will go out into the property and find the other poisons. It's harder for them to reestablish at that point, and it's also harder for them to... They'll move. They'll take the queen and go find someplace that's safe, probably at the neighbor's house. But <laughs> but you have, you have to realize this. You're trying to protect... If you could get your whole neighborhood to do this, it would be better and more effective. But to get the, in order to get them to pick up and relocate, We treat the property, and we treat the mounds. Very important. I can't remember. I don't remember who that is. I know that conversation. Oh, yeah, it's Jeb. Anyway, heirloom tomatoes. No tomatoes yet. Well, um, let me see. I'm going to say this is uh, Bobby and Belzona because I can't find a name. It, the, the the thing about tomato plants at this point in the year is that unless they can unless they have set tomatoes by now they're not going to set tomatoes in the next couple of weeks because it's going to be too hot so we'll just keep them healthy they'll set when they can don't give them any nitrogen fertilizer. and enjoy our little tribute to the very beginning of summer on weekend gardening
3: come on come on that's all right. just by being It'll be all right And babe, don't you know it's a pity The days can't be like the nights In the summer, in the city In the summer, in the city Cool cow meeting in the city Dressed so fine and looking so pretty Cool cat looking for a kitty Gonna look in every corner of the city Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop Running up the stairs Gonna meet you on the rooftop But at night it's a different world Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on if that's all night. Just like the heat, it, it'll be alright. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days.
0: Please do not use gas appliances for purposes for which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes. Never store flammable materials inside. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in keeping your home or business protected. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards to safeguard your family, your property, and the environment. Our dealers participate in the industry's best practices for propane usage and promote consumer safety education. Visit MSPropane.com.
4: For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us.
5: It's been said that time waits for no one, but that's not completely true. Hi, I'm Cameron Albright. Since 1920, our family has been privileged to serve as Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant. For decades, generations have trusted Britons for engagement rings, anniversaries, and those special events in life. Time has certainly changed our world. Internet, smartphones, and social media have revolutionized how we research, communicate, and even shop. At All Britons, we've grown with you. At allbritons.com, you can search, shop, and find the latest and find jewelry. But for those who prefer the personal experience, you can now shop the all-new All Britons at 4460 Old Canton Road in Northeast Jackson. With new displays and the latest designer jewelry, we're located across from our old home in Highland Village. Still the same All Britons service you'd expect, but now bigger and better. You've waited for us. Now we're ready for you. Come see what's new. Auburn's 4460 Old Canton Road in Jackson.
3: At Auburn's, All Auburn's
8: For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me. Sky Rizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit skyrizzy.com or call 1 866 Sky Rizzy to learn more.
1: it ripe yet can i pinch it what are you going to do with all that basil hmm big questions for the beginning of summer that is for true i have uh there's a little alarm that goes off in my head every year in june if you haven't pinched clara curtis and joe pieweed and the other things that we like to pinch to control their height for fall bloom you're getting close to the last time to do that But you, like me, may have Clara Curtis that's only four inches tall now because it got so frozen. I don't think I'm going to have to pinch it. I'm going to pinch. There's a couple that are taller, and I'm going to pinch them. But what we do that for is to encourage more blooms, each stem, and have each stem be much stronger than it would be on its own. So this is the time to think about doing that as well. Looking at Sue's tomato, and I'm i am going to – I don't know for sure, but I'm going to guess this is like a black creme. It's a beautiful um, heirloom tomato, and I just don't know all of their names. But the inside is mushy, and there's also a soft spot on the outside of it. The soft spots will sometimes appear on the outside of tomato fruit as a result of the mushiness inside if you don't see any – uh, if, you, if, if there's not a, a, a damage, if there's not an obvious place where it, something's been chewed or poked on the outside of the skin of the tomato, that's probably just showing up because the inside is mushy. And the insides are generally mushy. And this this can be more of a problem in heirlooms, but is not necessarily a bigger problem. What we see is that we're... We grow with too much nitrogen. If you have lots and lots of really big, healthy, happy leaves and you have used a nitrogen, say you've been growing them with compost, that can cause a mushy fruit because it's too soft. The whole plant is, it, it, in a metaphoric sense, is too soft. But if you, if you have, are using another fertilizer of some sort, you're probably lacking potassium because potassium is the thing that keeps the cell walls sturdy. And my concern is that when we grow with Literally, when we start, you know, adding compost to make the soil better, adding organic matter, we do get a lot more nitrogen, then we come along and put on some more fertilizer. And we have more nitrogen than we need. If you're not using, though, a fertilizer and you're just using the compost, you may not have enough potassium in the soil. That's oftentimes the issue, and c- you can remedy it for the next crop just by m- when we get to the next point where the tomatoes can set fruit. If you go ahead and use some potassium fertilizer on them now, that can help. Uh, oh, goodness oh goodness gracious yes the internet is correct in this case and i do like to say that every now and then <laughs> because they're it's not right all the time these azaleas um do more than likely i'm 92 percent certain it's just lace bugs there could be other stuff too but um this, this is uh this is i love this this is hey sunny <laughs> i love when folks tell me who they are in relation to other people that's fun the the thing about lace bugs and azaleas is that they are a product of heat. And in the same way that spider mites are, they really get started. Once they get started, hot weather helps them. So you're wise to want to do something about this at this point in the summer. The concern from from my point of view is if the plants are otherwise healthy and have just developed this symptom, you can certainly use there There's a couple of different products that you could use to take care of it just just by spraying the bushes, but you've got to keep them watered and sometimes the best way to do that is to actually put one of those soaker hoses that's also a spritz you know it shoots water in the air about a foot, put one of those underneath the azalea row and let that come on every day once even when even if it's raining because These things are probably thick and the rain doesn't necessarily get into them, but especially if it's not, you may not need to water the azaleas, but once a week, but you really need to disrupt that environment for the lace bugs. So you're going to want to treat them because they are multiplying and living and destroying your plant as as, as fast as they can, which is not that fast, but you also want to dissuade them from reproducing anymore. So do those two things. Okay. Okay. That's really nice. Let's see. Betty's in Hattiesburg. Oh yes, I would love to tell you the name of my shop on Etsy is Nell's Garden. N e l z g a r d e n. Thank you very much. You will find interesting merch there, and also I didn't even know because um, I don't. My my, my my brilliant daughter does that work. There, I've also got some stuff. <laughs> if if you like if you like old stuff, that's really cool. But frankly, there's so much of it. It, you might. I don't. I don't collect corningware. I don't. Although I have corningware pie plates. I, I mean, there's a lot of things you can get fancier stuff, and you can get probably better collectible stuff some places. But our stuff is very interesting, and plus we have Garden Mama merch there—the notebooks and T-shirts and that kind of stuff. Okay. Can we talk to Faye in West Point? Hey, Faye, welcome in. What's going on with your amaryllis?
9: Uh, Good morning. I have a question about digging amaryllis. I have a neighbor, uh, and she has millions of them. I have gotten them before when they go dormant, you know, dead, and you can see the bulbs on top of the ground. Mm-hmm. She's passed away, and their house is going to be for sale. And so now the amaryllis, I guess, due to all the weather, the rain, I don't know, because mine are kind of coming back, too. They're probably six inches of
1: green
9: growth out of the ground. Mm -hmm. Can I dig those amaryllis
1: now? Yes. Do it quickly because it's going to be hot for the next couple of weeks. (laughs) Yes. And nobody's going to water
9: those. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to be easy to get up. You
1: can move them when uh, they they uh, have just a little bit. of. If you had told me they were in full leaf, I would have said yeah go ahead but you're going to have to baby them and cut them back and do all these maybe they'll be okay. In this case I think they'll be fine. They've just been they've been through the rugged year that all of us have been through already and it's only halfway yeah. through. So I think they'll be fine. I'm sorry for uh, your loss and when we when a gardener passes away though we do we do want to make sure that their their plants get loved, and uh, I'm That's glad I'm glad right. you're doing and that. The,
9: I mean, I have never seen so many, and and she never does anything to them. You know, she's one of those gardeners that you put the hoe in the ground, a uh, hoe handle in the ground, and it you know sprouts out. You know? I love
1: but it. I love people she, like that. She's
9: got amaryllis. It's just a soft red. You know, it needs to be in the flower magazine. How beautiful. I appreciate your time. How beautiful. Thank you. Send
1: me a picture when you get them done again. They'll be blooming next spring. It'll be fun. That'll be absolutely delightful. I'm going to have to look this up for Bill and Pascagoula song. Bill, hang on, give me give me till the break, and let me let me take a look at that and see what I can figure out. I don't know what you're looking for, but I may can find it.
2: And uh, Miss Fay, I wanted to. She was a delight to talk to. I did get to talk some West Point football with her. You know, West Point's <laughs> always on top of the ladder, so I did pick her brain a little bit, and she feels confident that West Point is going to be up there again. Oh good. As I told her, you know, I, I do a little high school football scoreboard mm-hmm, show, mm-hmm. so she was extremely well informed, and I want to tell her thank you very much i love the input i really that's appreciate wonderful it.
1: We're, we're we we multi-talented have, we, we follow the tradition here of sports and hordes and there's a whole lot of uh there's a whole lot of both <laughs> right at this moment y'all know where i'll be at six o'clock tonight y'all know where i've been all week every night anyway I think I might take a nap before that, and indeed it might help me because University College of London is letting us know that in a study of people aged 40 to 70, they have found a causal link. In other words, one thing leads to another between habitual napping and larger total brain volume. Now, for those of you who immediately think, well, that doesn't necessarily mean the brain works any better. That's true, but if you have more, there's more of a chance that it will keep working. And and not everyone is going to turn into an airhead. The folks at the University College London and the University of the Republic in Uruguay are publishing in Sleep Health, this this particular study that short daytime naps may be part of the puzzle for maintaining brain health. For those of you who, like me, have always sort of felt that way but don't always get a chance, maybe now we have an excuse. (laughs) We'll have to think about that. Fun stuff. I do like the idea of saving the plants um, from from a neighborhood. I I'll often get the call from folks, and in fact, sometimes it's a person that wants me to come in and consult with them in, in that way of what's in this yard. It was an established garden. A lot of times people don't know what it all is. And my best advice to someone who buys a home that has had a gardener, serious gardener in it, to take pictures when you get there and take pictures about four times the first year, Anytime you see something blooming or something burying or something interesting happening. And then at the end of that year, you'll have an idea for yourself about what you like and what you don't like. And that's the first step towards either keeping them or not keeping them. Plants are always disposable they're not always replaceable Uh, in other words somebody else will always take what you don't want you can put it on the I I have to admit you know I see people going through my things that I toss out all the time because there's usually not plants in them but they think there might be and so sometimes there is but that's the sort of thing that we all have to make decisions about and if you're if you don't know what they are you don't want to get rid of them on the other hand you might decide to let them go to somebody else if you don't if you don't, um, yes, the lace bugs can be dealt with with insecticidal soap, but it may not be quite enough. You're, you can't use an oil right now, or I would recommend neem. So I'm going to suggest a spinosad in addition. And I'm also going to suggest that you make sure you follow the label directions for spraying underneath and on top and every eight days. It's it's a lot of process. But, yeah, that's a good product. That's a, that's a good one. That is. I uh, Oh. Somebody sent me a picture this week of onions that were only half died down. I, they, they were in South Mississippi. I don't know how you did that. Most all of the onions have died back by this point, And so, yes, it's time to either harvest the whole onion, if that's what you're doing, or dig up the set to be replanted if it's a multiplying onion or something else that you really just use the green tops from. Both bulb onions and garlic, however, should be cured, and it's a drying process, but it's different from sweet potatoes. So when you get to fall, you have to cure them, but that's a little different. The best thing to do is a a warm, well-ventilated place. I've seen people who actually plant lots and lots of onions, set up a, a piece of mesh over something else with the onions sitting on it and they turn a fan on, you know, don't let the onions touch each other, let each one dry out a little bit. You may not go to quite that extent, but you don't want them to be out in the sun and you don't want them to be in the refrigerator so those are the two ends don't do those two things and somewhere in there you will find a a warm well ventilated environment to store those just until you're ready to use them or until you're ready to plant something in terms of the green ones the ones you're growing for green onions it won't be very long before you see that they've started to sprout again and then you'll start going and planting them okay hey robert Robert, yes, Robert is from West Point. Yes, the fig sprouts will one day, someday, produce figs. A bunch of people have uh, talked about doing a little bit of air layering on those sprouts so that they get more than one tree. And in the case of yours, which has become unproductive in the last several years, I'm going to just attribute that to fertilizer. Once Once it gets growing again, Maybe even this month or in July, give it a little bit of fruit tree fertilizer or a general purpose fertilizer that you like. You're not trying to push all the growth in the world, but you want it to begin to have what it's going to need to make fruit, even if it's not next year, if it turns out to be the year after that now. On the other hand, if you're looking for a good reason to dig it up and put something else there, I have no problem with you doing that because when something becomes unproductive, we may or may not be able to get it to come back into production. Fig trees are pretty easy. But when I moved to my place that I live at now, I, there was an apple tree that they told me had not made any apples in ever. Pretty tree, beautiful flowers, you know, a lovely thing. But you look across the fence and there was a cedar tree as big as, two or three houses and obviously the cedar apple rust had gone between them i knew i wasn't going to win that battle but i will tell you that the apple wood made a delightful smoke <laughs> it's <was> really delicious <laughs> so you have my permission if you if you want to get rid of the fig do it but yes it will probably make if you take care of it for the next few years the other thing i don't believe we do um enough of is to understand that if you let other stuff grow underneath things like fig trees And get up there with the string trimmer and get too close to them. First of all, you can damage the trunk of the tree or cut off one of these new branches. That would be possible too. But it's also important to understand that you don't want anything growing there at the base of the tree. And I say this because I have one I need to clean out under myself. There are, it's just so easy. Everything just spreads so quickly, whether it's a grass or, or some other, some other thing. We end up with, and the the issue is always to keep that area clear, keep mulch around the base of it. Then whatever water or fertilizer you're giving the tree actually gets to the tree, not to the top growth. Or as I call it, the mo what grows and something always does growth. <laughs> I have a couple of spaces where things don't grow, but it's it's rare, and that, that is very rare. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. This I, I want to see a picture. Jason from Oxford is letting us know that uh, the Durana clover that we talked about here is doing great. He says it's thanks to me. I'm gonna say it's thanks to him (laughs) because he's the one growing it. But yes, I was happy to happy to have a part in that. The baby turkeys are loving it. I want to see the baby turkeys. (laughs) Y'all stick around. We got a long way to go. This is weekend gardening.
3: The sun to oh, shine.
0: call toll-free.
6: Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living.
10: Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that. Wow. An alternative for today's high-priced homes.
1: Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter.
6: Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig.
11: Three seven three five six 7356 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-613-7356. That's 800-613-7356. What do you have to lose? Call 800-613-7356. Again, 800-613-7356.
1: We go down the Bayou to Big Mamou, (laughs) to a little Cajun two step. And you know, one of the reasons why the two step is such a distinctive dance is because it can be done in shrimp boots. (laughs) Cowboy boots work well, but you can also two step in those clunky white things. (laughs) Bill and Pascagoula, welcome in. Good morning. (laughs) Hey, Bill. Did we keep him? Hey, Bill. You want to talk lima beans, huh? Yeah,
12: I heard that somebody said you could plant climbing lima beans, and there was a speckle one Christmas special or something that would would tolerate mm-hmm. uh, warm weather, like we so, have. The now. one that I know, and I is, pulled up. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Go ahead now. You pulled well, what so variety did the you have? I want
12: to plant them. The Reason I want to plant them, I just pulled today. Or this morning I pulled up my uh, climbing uh, rattlesnake snap bean. They quit. They quit on me. Mm-hmm. But they were very, very good. We put up about thirty-five quarts.
1: Oh, Plus, I'm so excited! We, uh, That's so wonderful.
12: <laughs> so now I'm pull those up, and I'm going to use for compost. But I want to in that same trellis.
1: Mm-hmm.
12: I was doing, hoping I could plant these climbing uh, lima beans.
1: What that, you're looking for? You're working. looking for Florida speckled. And it is a All speckled bean. It is heat resistant. And it, it, it's a really delicious bean. <laughs> it's one of those things it's that. It's a climate bean. Yes. Mm hmm. The Florida speckled is a, uh, it's called a butter bean. You know, some are called butter beans, some are called lima beans. They're basically the same bean. But that's what, you'll see it labeled that. And you'll, you, they should be easy to find in your Pascagoula area co-op or something because it is a very southern variety, classically southern. Good.
12: Good. that's why I want to play, because I'm in the South, you know, I'm in the zone 9. You're, you're deeply
1: in the yeah. South.
12: <laughs> that's why we like Pascagoula, yeah, we can go
1: there and stay warm all the time.
12: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we get a frost, About it makes it makes headlines in the newspaper if we to get a frost. See,
1: there you go, every, every once in a while, as my mother would say. Thank you very right. much and for calling. Yeah.
12: And it wouldn't hurt to play them in the same place I had those climbing snap beans.
1: If you had a choice, I wouldn't do it. But if if you don't have a choice, I think they'll be fine. We we would like to rotate lima bean planting places just because it's it it ha- they do ha- there are some issues down the road, but I don't think coming along this quickly, I don't think it's going to be a big problem. You you have the so, right to uh, call you me. You have the right to call me Thank back and tell me care. I'm wrong. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
12: going to try it. I, I've never planted them, so I'll call you back uh, maybe in uh, three or four months to let me know what happened.
1: Thank you, Bill. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Appreciate that so much. I love Florida speckled butter beans. I, I also I'll tell you what else I like that you can plant at this time of the year that will grow is Dixie butter peas. And I have I, I don't grow them right now. I don't have that kind of space. But that's another one that could that's heat tolerant and does a really good job. Thankfully for all of us. I don't I don't really plant that many running beans. I like the bush beans myself, but uh, I like the way the running beans look. Just for those of you who don't happen to know the, the geography of all of this, I tell you all the time we live in a vast space in terms of gardening. We have everything all the way from Zone 9 in Pascagoula. That's subtropical, you understand. His beans played out because his nights have already hit 70 degrees, two or three weeks ago probably. But when we get up to Trey in Grenada, that's up in 8A, maybe 7B. I'm not sure how far up up north his particular space is, but that's where the zones change. So his are still making. He's got that one more round to go. And that's how, it, that's how different it is. When I talk to you, for example, in August, I'll come here and I'll say, okay, start planting beets. Well, we want the beets to be where the weather is a little bit cooler, so we plant them sooner in Grenada than we will in Pascagoula. Okay, that's how that works. Everything's nothing's more than a couple of weeks away from each other because we grow the same things and we grow them in many of the same ways. But because our situations are just a little bit different, things things respond differently. It's not like California where there's so many different zones. The people in the next subdivision from you may not have the same climate, you know, particularly if it's going north or south of you. The temperatures can change by in that little bit of a space. But in our part of the world we have big zones to look at but we also have different ways that the plants behave. So it's kind of fun. It's a, it's a nice uh a nice piece of all of that. Oh, the 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 issue came up this week. What do you do with dahlias? I, you know, of course, um a, a lot of y'all are involved in the Flower Growers of Mississippi or the Mississippi Urban Forest Councils or the Bloom towns or any of those things, and so we 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 all end up with a lot of dahlia bulbs. so what's the story well. When I gardened in further south from here, we dug them up every year. You know why? Because the soil's heavy and wet. Same thing as just about every bulb. If you're going to grow them in a soil that is heavy and wet, particularly if it stays cold, but even if it stays warm, the bulbs, the tubers that are the b- base of life for that dahlia can croak. They'll just melt away. But if you live in well-drained soil, or if you manage well-drained soil, even if you don't live in it, you manage it, you take care of it that way, they can stay from year to year. So I wanted to tell you just a little bit, because there's so many of you growing dahlias and may not have done so before, but should. These are the big dahlias. The little bitty dahlias that you grow from seed that are in the front part of your flower bed, this is, they don't work like this. They do have, they do form little tiny tubers, but they, for the most part, are grown from seed. The dahlias that are grown from the tubers, though, are usually at least two feet tall, sometimes three feet, more often four, five, and six feet tall. Um, We're growing one this year called Solar Flare that is beautiful, but it's huge. So you you have to understand which variety you have to know how much space to devote to them. And at the same time, what do you do when that flower finishes? You're going to devote all this space and all this energy to this thing, and it makes one flower? No. You cut that stem and deadhead the plant if there happens to be anything else on it that, you know, you needed to groom off. That might be something that you didn't notice and didn't pick, an early flower or something. Get all of that cleaned up. Fertilize them again with a flower formula. And, yes, they will continue to grow in the heat, and they will continue to bear. And that's a really fun, fun plant. Love those dahlias. Let's see. if I Oh, Garden Mama. This is Eddie. Garden Mama, if I cut my zinnias to make a bouquet, will the plants that I cut put on another bloom? Yes, most of the time they will. There there aren't very many single-bloom zinnias. So go ahead and cut it. Give them a little bit of fertilizer if you haven't done that already. If you have, you probably don't need to. But if you haven't fertilized the area yet, after you make the first cutting on zinnias, go ahead and fertilize. That's a great idea. Great question. Oh, lady peas. Um, Andrea's with me. We both love lady peas. Lady peas are, the, you may, you may find them cream peas or in that same sort of thing, and they're, they're, but they're usually a very small white pea. They're smaller than the Dixie butter peas, and they are very prolific. They, they like heat, but really they should be in the ground by now or be, or get planted again, you know, in about a month to, to go into the fall. Um, most of the time though, People plant them, and they end up having so many peas that they don't grow them again for a few years. So that might be why you haven't seen them, or why the the seeds are not as as available as they might have been. But yeah, lady peas are wonderful. They're the, one of the ones that makes a very creamy way of themselves without adding anything to them. They're they're not going to make risotto. Don't get excited, but they will make a very soft very soft, creamy um, vegetable, and I need to think about that because I, I would like to have some cream peas. Thank you, Andrea. Andrea, your, the, the the other things, she always in, it tells me about exciting things. That, that's one of them. Today we'll talk more about dahlias. I've got some plants you need to know and some you need to avoid. I have a little bit more, is it ripe yet, and what is that bug? Um, we'll, we'll play some games. Did we talk about Tatooine last week? Hmm, we're going to get to that this week. Gosh, there's a lot to do. Stick around now. This is Lucinda, and we're going to get right.
4: Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work or, in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact
10: the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. In life and in business, one thing is certain, change. That's why Pillium Corporation is ready to keep you ahead of the curve on ever-evolving technology, critical for your company's security and growth.
1: To that end, the Pillium team offers IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car
13: video systems, and real-time crime center technology.
10: Visit us at Pillium.com.
13: Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Your home for Ole
0: Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals
10: at Baroni Street
0: Pros, 601-345-8090.
10: I'm Caleb Taylors, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. An arrest has been made following a fatal shooting Wednesday afternoon in Louisville. Twenty-year-old Nikendrick Nicholson was taken into custody for the shooting death of 23-year-old Tyreek Smith. The shooting took place on South Jones Avenue around 2 p.m. after the two men began arguing. And a Winona Alder woman has been released on bond after being arrested at a city meeting earlier this week. Ma'am.
3: I have not seen it I have not done this I not it. I have not seen it. I have not done it. I have not done this
1: Samuel, I'm going to Please.
5: ask you are about to go to jail. Okay. Okay. You're under arrest. Right? Stand up.
10: That was Sylvia Clark refusing to leave Tuesday's meeting after Mayor Aaron D. Zaster two. The video shows that Clark then proceeded to hit one of the police officers in the private area, leading to charges of simple assault on an officer and resisting arrest. The heated exchange was sparked by an argument over park employees.
6: We are advocacy, a century of wins, protecting private property rights, advancing technology. Sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources, all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org.
7: Super Talk welcomes Guns N' Roses to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And guess what? We got your chance to go for free. Free, free. Win tickets to the concert, a luxurious hotel stay at Beau Rivage Resort and Casino. Plus a stretch limo to get you to and from the show in style. It's Guns N' Roses live. Live. Complete details on how you can win. Coming soon from Supertalk Mississippi Media. A new study shows
5: the average income for Mississippians has increased over the past five years. Douglas Carswell with the Mississippi Center for Public Policy has the numbers. The average person in Mississippi is a quarter richer, 25 percent richer in 2022
6: than they were in 2017. Average per capita per person incomes have gone up by a quarter. And, you know, in 2017, the average per person income in Mississippi was $37,000. In 2022,
5: it was $46,000. That, that is even taking into account inflation. He believes the increase is due to changes made to public policy. The reason why Mississippi
6: is doing well and growing faster now than it has over the past 30 years is because the bad public policy, too much government, too high taxes, too much regulation, that's being replaced by, by good public policy. We've cut the income tax, we've deregulated the labor market, we've reduced the size of the public payroll.
13: With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Last night, the 50th Annual Mississippi Association of Coaches Hall of Fame Banquet was held at the Sheraton and Flowood on Airport Road. And The class of 2023 includes Marcus Boyles, football coach of Pearl, Pedal, Wayne County, and Taylorsville, the late Jack Kraft, who coached football, basketball, and baseball at Richmond and Purvis, Karen Green, who coached track and cross country at Pascagoula, Mount Pleasant Christian Academy, and Potts Camp, Jimmy Parker, a championship softball coach at Harrison Central, and William Bell Moose Perry, a 50 year baseball coach at St. Joe and Jackson, Jackson Central, Forest Hill, Mississippi College, Northwest Rankin, Byram, Raymond, Central Hines, Rebel Academy, Hines Community College, and the late George Willis, who was a championship basketball coach at Sims and led his team to five state championships. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. a big job
6: keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it. Propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane.
7: For more information, visit mspropane.com. Super Talk welcomes Guns N' Roses to the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi on September 20th. And guess what? We got your chance to go for free. Free, free. Win tickets to the concert, a luxurious hotel stay at Beau Rivage Resort and Casino, plus a stretch limo to get you to and from the show in style. It's Guns N' Roses live. live. Complete details on how you can win. Coming soon from Supertalk Mississippi Media. The College World Series is
13: down to two teams, and they're both Southeastern Conference foes. The Florida Gators, who went through the bracket one undefeated, and the LSU Tigers, who came through the loser bracket And bracket two, will face each other in Game 1 of the College World Series Championship Finals today. Game 1 gets underway at 6 o'clock tonight. In Game 2 on Sunday, is scheduled for 2 o'clock. And in Game 3, if necessary, on Monday, will be a 6 o'clock ballgame for the College World Series championship final between LSU and the Florida Gators. And Southern Miss junior pitcher Tanner Hall has been announced as a 2023 recipient of the ABCA Rawlings Division One Gold Glove Award, recognizing the top defensive player at each position in each division of college baseball. Hall was the Sunbelt Conference Pitcher of the Year and Southern Misses First Gold Glove Award winner for the Golden Eagles. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi.
0: of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you.
1: Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a bunch of gardeners we are. Y'all ask the best questions. This is is so much fun today. It's always fun. But when the questions are things that I'm not expecting, it's even better. Here's one. (laughs) Here's one now. This is supposed to be butternut squash. Terri-Ann from Eggville has sent a picture of this butternut squash. She says, my impatient gardening friend has been picking them green. It's the proper shape, by the way. I'm telling you this, proper shape for butternut squash. Looks just like one. Just looks like it's a, a little on the early side for being picked. But... Her friend says that he's been slicing the whole thing and sautéing it. Claims they're extremely tender. I bet they are. One of the things that we find, of course, as the hard squashes like this one, this is the hard shell squash, the butternut acorn will do this, um, Mediterranean will do this, there's a bunch of them. But they, they'll, they're perfectly edible when they're younger. The reason that they develop those harder skins and for, from our point of view, not from the plant's point of view, but from ours, is so they can be stored, shipped, kept, held onto. I don't even know how old those butternut squashes are at the grocery store, but some of them practically need a hatchet to get into.
2: Man, I mean that—that's impressive, though. That,
1: but and the, and if you're slicing and eating the whole thing, obviously the seeds have not formed yet. So, it's a very immature, very green plant, and I would imagine it's kind of tastes like zucchini, but I don't know. Uh, that going to be my that, question. It's going to be
2: cucumbery zucchini. Probably something a little in green.
1: That. All those things are related. You know, the cucurbit family is vast. I mean, everything from gourds to cucumbers mm. to squash to melons, and really, they're a whole lot alike when they're small. <laughs> they don't necessarily look alike, but they have about the same texture and the same um Cellular components in them. So,
2: well, do you know where Eggville, Mississippi, is? I do not. Okay, because I wanted to cover that. Well, uh, thank you, sir. Yeah. The, anytime we get a, an interesting one that I, I don't. Because think... now
1: we're going to do Eloise from Eggville for <laughs> right. one. Right. The,
2: so, the, okay. So Eggville is just northeast of Tupelo, Mississippi, and I spent 21 years up in that neck of the woods, and I did not know that, and I've been all over. That part of it. and it's beautiful, but Eggville is close to Mantachi. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's that one we know. Mantachi's <laughs> due east, it's Shiloh and Ratliff. So, if you're mm-hmm. in that area, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously grow beautiful good butternut squash. Yeah, beautiful butternut
1: squash. That's marvelous. What fun, huh? Molly's here. She wants to know what kind of fertilizer to put on the zinnias. This is really one of those questions. It's so good, it's just great. Thank you for asking it we Zinnias are are called old maids. That is not a pleasant name. It is slightly pejorative. We all know, but the idea was that even an old maid could throw out the seeds and they would just grow. That was never true, but that's what people said. Okay, because they are easy to grow. And if the the biggest problem that you can give to a traditional zinnia, you know, tall stem, cut the thing and put it in the vase. Flour is is to give it a really really rich soil because it will end up with wimpy stems and really wimpy leaves and sometimes even get leaf diseases. So over fertilizing that kind of zinnia is never a good idea. The best suggestions for people who are first planting them put some flower garden food or vegetable garden food even into the soil when you plant the seeds and usually that's all you have to do. Okay. Seeds come up, you thin the seeds, and then the plants grow and they bloom, and that's all you have to do. Um, however, we have fancy zinnias. We have things that you'll see they're intended to be grown in, there's some even that are maybe two feet tall, less than that, and have lots of flowers on a whole clump thing, and they're intended to be grown as plants in a row, perhaps going up a sidewalk. This is not the narrow-leaf zinia that we're growing, if you're in that group with me. This is the bigger-leaf zinnias, but they just have big flowers on them. They have to be fertilized, or they can't do that. So once they're up and growing, you do fertilize them every couple of weeks, just like you would do some some other flowering plant that you had in that circumstance, say, oh, I don't know, a red salvia or something like, something like that that's an annual. Now the narrow leaf zinnias are entirely different too because the ones that we're growing they they're just they're different. They're tougher, but they're not quite the same as the ones that you just basically sow and forget, you know, put, put the fertilizer in first. So after these bloom, the the first of the zinnias has bloomed in in my garden and I'm going to be fertilizing after that, but I'm going to use half a dose of a liquid fertilizer that is made for flowering plants and in my case it's it's a a liquid fertilizer that's from um, hydroponic it doesn't matter but that's what it's from what you're what you want to take from this molly is that if you're growing zinnias and they're tall stem zinnias and you've already fertilized them once you probably don't need to fertilize them again if they're fancy zinnias that make a clump of flowers that are you know big flowers you do need to fertilize those regularly if it's a narrow-leaf zinia with a smaller flower on it and lots of flowers, it, it it really doesn't need to be fertilized until after it blooms. So it's real simple, just different. It's as if they were different plants because they've been bred for different reasons. In in my world, they're all pretty, but they don't all make a great bouquet. <laughs> so Will the narrow
2: leaves, uh, once they've bloomed out, once do I need to cut them and then allow deadhead them? Deadhead them. Dead just hit just them? take
1: the old flowers off. And yes. what kind
2: of time frame are, are they going to come back again? Uh, you know, with that, they'll
1: or? put buds on continuously all summer. Okay, particularly, summer. particularly yeah. once you, once that first bloom happens and you fertilize them a little bit, mm-hmm. they'll they'll put new. Well, and that's on exactly all
2: what. It's kind of dumb luck. That's what I did. Was <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, it was not a stroke of genius. We never admit that. Yeah. <laughs> I know no better than. You know, but no, I did. I. They started blooming. You, you saw my pics the yes, other day, yes. and they started. So I did. I did add a little richness to the soil and a little plant food, and uh, they seem to have responded mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. I, I had a couple in there, though, um, three or four, and it's probably because they were so thick that I, yes. I had some wimpy stems in yes. there, and I just cut them back. Take them the, out. Yeah, I cut yes. this back. Again. Yes.
1: Um, there, there are it's a it's a funny thing you know when we when we plant things put the seeds in place they they may come up thick they may come up thin whatever they do but yeah some there's always one that's wimpy i don't have time for that i'm getting rid of that one other people will dig that one up and really baby it and take care of it and make it the most beautiful one they've ever seen i'm probably not going to do that unless it's something that i can't get another one of which goes directly to my, if you're going to go shopping, buy three of any plant you've never had before. Then you can plant one where you think it goes, one where you don't think it goes, and hold one in a container in case both of those fail.
2: I had a you know, thought the other day, and when whenever you have a growth of a plant or a bush, uh, more of the the barkier, stemmier type than than the green, um, if you're getting, say, a uh, an olive or a fig or something like that, Uh, that's growing lopsided and uh, and and is there a way that you can scuff up the bark somewhere to hopefully stimulate a branch to grow in that area or do you just hope you know hope and pray that it's going to work itself out you know by nature and and even it out or is there a way you can propagate or push
1: it kind of both can work we, I'll, I'll use crape myrtles as an example. We, Every now and then somebody will say, my crape myrtle has never bloomed. It's 10 years old. It's planted in the sun. I only fertilize it, you know, the right amount. It's not over fertilized with nitrogen. It's not going to put out too many leaves, but it's never bloomed. And you will actually in horticulture journals, you will read that the answer is to whip the tree and <laughs> take, take some sort of a piece of the tree's branches or some other thing and and literally bang on the bark of the tree because that does stimulate auxins to do something different than what they're doing. The people who don't think this works and have no proof that it the other people don't, we don't, nobody has any proof that it works, but it does sometimes. The other answer, of course, is it was going to bloom anyway, okay? But that is something that we do. My, my answer would be to do a little trimming on it to stimulate new growth and maybe flowers at the edges or the ends. But, yeah, if you need to get it to do that, go ahead and, and bang on the tree. Now, the same thing is true of the crepe myrtles that, People, when people weren't people first started not pruning crepe myrtles, we ended up with some that had an arm over here and, you know, a, a cluster of flowers over there and leaning out here, whatever. They, they, they were not necessarily – they needed to be pruned more than they were, but they didn't need to be pruned as much as we were accustomed to doing with a chainsaw. So in getting used to that, there was a whole lot of that effort to – Perhaps uh, make a little bit of an incision on one side at a bud so that that would be damp Because, you know, when we when we hurt a plant, a plant, it tries to survive. And the first thing it will do is to callus over a little bit and then it'll try to send out a shoot. So I'm not going to discourage you from doing that. But you're going to have to find a growing point in order to make the wound to make it work. Does that make sense? A
2: hundred percent. And I, I was daydreaming, you know, going, I need to ask the garden mom this. I don't want to try it, but it seems like well, it Well, there's made- a
1: lot to be. I mean, there, there's people out there doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that they'll do is to cut off the good side so that the other side has to branch. But the idea of wounding it is another thing that comes from kind of from the crepe myrtle world, but it's as much from the Disney world as anything else because the the horticulturists there do all sorts of things to get stuff to put on new branches and blooms, and we benefit from their, their efforts in terms of research. Let's see now. What happened to my tomato? I have two plants in one container, which it looks like that might be part of the problem. They're probably crowded by now. Both are producing tomatoes, but overnight the le- the leaves dried up. I have 10 more containers that are doing great so far. <laughs> and second, how do I get rid of Smilax? Hmm, move. Um, the tomato question. Let's take the tomatoes first because that's almost easier. I think in, if everybody goes dry overnight and your soil is not dry, you have an insect problem. So I would move that container away from the others and start looking for what's dehydrating those leaves. On the other hand, if there's no insects present and this is the one that is say for example on the farthest west side it gets the most sun or something like that, it may have you may have watered it because you were worried that it wouldn't get enough water and it may actually have turned turned into nothing because it had too much water in it. So you can feel the the soil until that part of it. But if it is if it's acting that much differently from the others and i i grant you that it's probably crowded but that alone would not do this move it away from the others and inspect it for insects you may lose you may lose this plant you may lose this container but the others will be fine that's really that's i hate that i hate that that's what we have to talk about but that's always what we have to talk about now smilax For those of you who have lived in other parts of the world or the other parts of, of, say, for example, so many of us have connections and friends that live in North Carolina, they call this vine Greenbrier, and they eat the growing tips of it. That's fine. I have to tell you, if you picked off the tips of this vine where I live, the rest of it would wrap itself around your leg and knock you on the ground before you could get it. And then the thorns would be two inches long by the time they found you okay this is a vigorous vigorous vine it's pretty but it's also really really mean and if you want to cut it the, the idea that we're going to go spray it and not anything else isn't going to work so you're going to cut it off mark where you cut and then That So that we can come back As soon as it gets a little bit of height on it That's when you're going to dig it out And you're going to have to dig out a lot But you're not going to try to dig out a vine That is five feet long And has thorns all over it You're going to cut it off, get rid of that Let it come back up and then begin digging If you use a, a weed killer of any sort That new growth is much more vulnerable Than the old growth anyway In the same way as poison ivy Or Virginia creeper or anything else That you're trying to get rid of but you really want to attack the new growth and don't don 't feel like when you pull it up you 've pulled it up. The roots are much deeper than you imagine, and you need to do some digging it's terrible it, you know and, and it, it hurts
2: uh, well and it says that uh, Smalex is becoming uh, extremely popular in the wedding venue. Uh, decorative plant world, and I yeah, did not know it that. Is.
1: Uh, it is. It is not, Smilac- not the smile not the we grow here. Not here. The one we grow here. It, I mean, we don't really grow it, but it it grows here. The one here is so thorny that it would have to be some kind of. Extreme goth wedding, I think, for it to be appropriate. Black roses, you know, all that sort of thing. But if, if the, the prettier one, the, the sweeter one, the green briar, is a lovely vine. It does have thorns, it just doesn't have them quite the way. They, it doesn't grow as well as, there as it does here. So, yeah. Now, on the other hand, Eliagnus whips for weddings, those are popular, and we grow those by the boatload. So, let's see. Can you plant a second crop of cucumbers now? This is Marion Clinton. Not quite now. Wait until about the 10th or 15th of July and then and and you can get those started again. That there's not it's a little too soon to set them out. So, I'm not going to do that right now. What do I do about brown spots on my blueberry bush? Um it it looks like it's fairly crowded in the planting itself. If those are if that's all that there is to it, your pruning will take care of it. You just need a little bit better air circulation inside that plant I think that well that would be the first place to start. There are some leaf diseases, but they're not not very common okay <laughs> speckled butter beans then we we always talk about things we always get into things and and then somebody else will go, well wait a minute i I remember that or I like that or I want to do that." And I'm happy to tell you that uh, there's no reason not to. You can plant those all through our region and enjoy them from now all the way through. We just depend on where you are as to when you plant. But, yeah, you can do that. Now, let me see. Oh, I think that's that's the other. Yes, that's the other text. OK, what's going on with West today?
9: <laughs> you that's, that's, that's an heirloom. That's a Cherokee purple. What's going on? With? I have, have to tell life. him
1: to turn <laughs> the volume down on the yeah. radio because that wasn't us. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, we do start up the, the second.
2: Well, I'll, I'll, he was talking, but uh, he was just saying that um, for the caller that called earlier mm-hmm. looking for the Florida mm-hmm. speckled butter beans, that uh, he probably was going to have a difficult time finding those, that they had not had any around the coast in quite some time, but that if he uh, probably would have to order them, are mm-hmm. probably only going to sell you about 50 at a time. But if he found somebody that was doing any of God's work down on the coast, to uh, call in and let us know.
1: Let us know about that. Yeah. Florida speckles are not to my knowledge in short supply. I just don't think they're I don't think they're as popular as they were <laughs> maybe 10 years ago or something. So therefore when we ran into the pandemic and people didn't produce as many seeds because they didn't have as much labor to go out and collect them and all that sort of thing, a lot of those sources sort of shrunk up a little bit. But I I will take a look at the break and see if I know um I'm I'm fairly confident I know one place to get them so I'll try to pass that along let's see Um, well I'm not really sure if that's the right plant or not but I'll take a look (laughs) we're going to check out Mary's tree it has has interesting form it makes my fig tree look almost like it has a friend because mine looks a little wild but it's not a fig oh my goodness All right, now, we're going to get these questions answered, find some speckled butter beans, and come right back. This is Weekend Gardening.
3: Take me back to another morning, To our town so long ago Well, sweet magnolia blossoms cotton fields Welcome to
6: Doghouse Living. Our guest is Bob and his wife Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course.
13: Why wouldn't you just call
9: 811?
6: So, the takeaway, folks to stay out of the doghouse, call
13: 811
6: before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are Unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org.
1: Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. For adults with moderate
8: to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Risen kizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more.
6: Hey, guys, ditch that baseball cap. If your dad was bald by middle age, you're thinking to yourself, hey, that's going to be me. Well, today, losing your hair is your choice. I'm Dr. Michael Konoski at Mississippi Hair Restoration in Metro Jackson. We can actually stop loss and regrow your hair. Our new, affordable, non-surgical, in-office treatments get amazing results. So guys, here's the pitch. The sooner you start, the less you have to lose. It's that baseball cap today. See our results at StopHairLossMS.com.
1: indeed a little bit of lawn grass in there all those other grasses i saw something this week that i have not ever seen before it i, I always have talked about it because you see it in demonstrative types of horticulture places what which is why you prune this or that but i saw a beautiful beautiful ribbon fountain grass that the kind that has the variegation on it that obviously was not pruned at the proper time and it literally looked like a gray mass which was the old leaves with a whole bunch of antennas coming out of it because that was the individual grass plants that are, have made their way through the thick mess at the bottom i don't know what this person's going to do next year in january we cut those down so that the new growth can come up this was not done and i've i've seen them in a demonstration but i'd never seen one in anybody's yard <laughs> whoo it was funny looking Really very funny looking. Yes, there are uh, speckled butter beans uh, all over in a bunch of places. But let me tell you, there's also the Christmas beans that we were talking about, which are not for Christmas. They're just the color of the beans is what they're talking about. And the Dixie butter pea that I referred to that I really like, those seeds are all out there. If they're not at your local supplier, then by all means, go ahead and order. But call around, talk talk to the co-op, talk to the local garden center's sometimes they have things that you know you you hadn't noticed when you were in there before because you weren't necessarily looking for them. Mary, I don't know. Um the the you've got a situation kind of like I've got. I have legustrums that froze and we cut the top off of them because it was dead. Well, they're now looking kind of like your they, I've got some that look like the one at the top and some that look like the one at the bottom. So It really does depend on what you want them to do. If, if you feel like, for example, if these are in your front yard and they're staring at you every day when you come, you know, come to the house or you don't, you don't like the way they look, you could certainly prune legustrum, prune these kind of things again in July and maybe create a little bit rounder growth or some other kind of effect. But, I'm leaving mine. I'm just going to see what happens. And then sometime next winter, I'll probably do some sort of pruning. I, I hope I don't have to eventually take them all out because I have one that hasn't got any more leaves on it than your first one. And I have others that have a whole bunch of leaves. So we're just going to see how they recover. They they definitely went through a harder time than we thought. I also have noticed um, usually St. John's wort is blooming at my neighbor's in. And, in fact, I think I gave them that plant, which is really sad because I don't have it anymore. It's a pretty plant. Blooms in June, it's not there. It, it, if your Hypericum did not freeze, let me know because I'm curious about that. Okay? Okay. The um,
2: Well, and Mary, you know, she, back in May, the 20th, she had... Uh, you know, spruced up those garden gnomes, Isn't that cute? and they look great. So cute! She has such a beautiful little uh, d- display there. All the just lovely, wonderful flowers. Guys, uh, one thing we were talking—somebody earlier-
1: needs to paint my garden
2: gnomes. <laughs> They're sad. <laughs> those look; those are vibrant. Oh, those look great. They match up so well mm-hmm. with the colors. Oh yeah. It's you know, perfect. we were talking earlier in the week or last, late last week about a plant or a tree that I had sent you a picture of, and it was the Chinese tallow. Mm-hmm. And man, let me tell you what. And within a week, you know, it drops so much stuff. It has the little fronds. It yeah. drops the berries. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, within two weeks, basically, a whole tree has sprouted from, you know, one of the little spots. And it'll
1: do that all
2: forever. Man, I was going around the flower bed <laughs> earlier this morning on the way oh you know, on my coffee. Oh no,
1: there's another one. And, then,
2: oh. and there was at least fifteen yeah. of them overnight that had sprouted up through the pine straw. And that, that is an absolutely uh If we could bottle tree. that quality, yeah.
1: if we could bottle that quality and put it into the things that we can't get to grow, yeah. it would be so wonderful. Yeah, the DNA of the persistence. But, of oh that my tree. goodness, man. It's,
2: It's perfect. But it, and it provides great shade,
1: but it drops
2: so much stuff. Yes. It has
1: beautiful fall color, but it will drop that stuff and it will choke waterways and it will shade out natives and it is a mess. It's a mess. It's a messy plant anyway. As you say, because so much stuff falls out of it, but it's also a messy plant because it it ruins areas.
2: Well, and you taught me that it, it, they basically—I did a little reading, but the, you know, the Chinese would keep it pruned low so they could get to the berries. Yeah. Then they'll steam out the white inner berry and make basically Crisco.
1: Yes, out exactly. Of it, and that's <laughs> part of why they're so hard to kill because they're very—they're they're, the seeds are almost indestructible, and because of that. They can roll down the hill and fall into the lake and eventually hit the river and you know they'll come up one day somewhere and that's the problem. But it's a, I mean it's a great plant. We just never handled it properly in this country and probably should have just looked at the pictures. It <laughs> almost looks exactly like
2: here. a like a, a gum. It, it, the, it,
1: it has that kind the of tree look. Itself. Of, it has the liquid amber look to yeah, it. So,
2: for years, I thought it may have been some version of a gum, and nope. it's not. It, it it grows straight right, literally right next to a huge gum tree. And I was like, that's got to be the same tree. It's not. It's no, not.
1: No. Bretton Ridgeland says that. Uh, the Chinese tallow and the pin oaks are what's the problem in his yard, the scourge. You understand then. Yes, he gets Red. it. I'm serious. I cut that tree down. It's been more than 20 years since I cut that tree down. And every year another one comes up. Not not where the tree was, but somewhere in one of the flower beds. And I've pulled two out this year. Nobody else has one anywhere within sight of that. It Just those seeds stay there for that long. That will drive you crazy. If you don't, and, and the people who like it will defend them, I don't call because I really do have all the science evidence to tell you why it's not a good idea to grow it. But I know why you grow it; it's pretty, it's beautiful. Well, and you can make Crisco, you know. I'm not you, gonna, you, I'm can, gonna, you can I'm not gonna, this, you can make a you can make a waxy thing. Yes, whatever if, it is, whatever that is. It, yeah, I'm not quite now. Sure. I'm going down another road. I know someone who attempted to harvest that stuff because. So they were told that that was the sort of wax that is done in batik. Um, It's not. (laughs) So anybody tells you that, tell them Mama said it's not. All right, let's see. Lisa is in Clara, Mississippi. The tops of my quince trees got twisted off. Oh, I'm so sorry. During the storms last week, will they come back from what's left, or do I need to go ahead and cut them down? I, I imagine that if it's just the top and they were mature, you're going to have some loss, but you may not lose the, the tree entirely. Obviously, you're going to have to do the pruning to see what's left. But I wouldn't cut them down right away, uh, un- again, unless you've been looking for a reason to do that anyway, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But if if you want to try to get them to grow back, I would let them try. I've seen too many things that came on back and have, have done better than we really thought they could have done since this wacky year of weather that we've had. I uh I, I really thought I had lost one of my. Well, there are a couple of plants that I like a whole lot that you just you don't notice a great deal because they just sit there. One of them is Pittosporum. I like Pittosporum because it is a an evergreen shrub that has a a sort of paddle shaped leaf. I like the difference. It's not pointy. You know, it's different. So I like that. Well. I have one that looks like it should have fire set to it because it's in such bad shape. And the other one just looks great. The, the other three look sort of in between. They, they used to form a hedge. They're not ever going to be a hedge again. They're going to be individual plants that might or might not, you know, reach out to each other. But it's a, it's a lovely plant, and I'm sorry that it's not well. The fotenia, though, that froze solid, had absolutely no life in it whatsoever. Cut it down. It has now come up, and it's a small shrub. I don't know how it did that. there wasn't enough of it left, but oh Western ocean Springs weighs in they're nothing but a, a woody weed, Chinese tallow or popcorn tree and and you know it it's it's absolutely the truth. Ocean Springs is one of the parts of our state that truly has banned I, I don't know if you can even ban it, but to, has tried to keep people from selling, growing any of it because it just spreads so noxiously. thank you Rhett appreciate that the trees are 50 plus years old and the tops twisted off of them oh my goodness I hate that Lisa I really hate for you that 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 it is that way I would see whether what's left can make a little bit of growth if they can it would happen at this time of year and if they can't then you'll know that you're going to have a lot of wood that you have to deal with Oh my goodness! And it's it's unusual. Quince trees are hard to find these days, too. You'll you go into a one of the any kind of old country store sort of place, you know, and they'll have quince jellies and stuff, and nobody knows where it came from. It's because the tree is not that common in our world anymore, and it used to be, but it's it's not a plant that we see as much as we would like to. I can't believe we're already into summer and the trees are sprouting, <laughs> but that's true. That's true, they do. Another plant that I want you to be aware of because it is out there all over the place right now, you know Queen Anne's Lace. Queen Anne's Lace, of course, is a flat white flower, cluster of flowers on a green stem. You'll see it on the side of the road. You'll see it in people's yards. It's it's everywhere right now. There's another plant called Ami, which is more of an annual. We sow it and then it reseeds itself in place. And it makes a very similar look, but it's much leafier, much easier to grow actually in a garden setting. And it also doesn't have, it, it, it has a more uniform habit, is how I should put that. However, there's a third plant with that flight, flat white flower on top of it, okay? That's not one you want to mess with. Indeed, if the, the, it's a poison hemlock and it has that same flower. The way you tell before you cut these things and start messing with them, there will be purple blotches on the hemlock stem. It's a green stem, looks just the same kind of stem as the others. But if you can't tell it apart by the leaves and if you can't tell it apart by the flowers, you need to look at the stem and you will see that the stem is marked very vividly with purple. It, it doesn't look as if it's been painted, but it does look as if it's been painted. And that's really your clue. That's the identifier that keeps us from having that unpleasant uh, experience. Oh, how lovely. Janice in New Albany, Dixie Butter Beans, Green Beans, and Lima Beans. Beautiful field. Just beautiful field. I love to see that. Thank you for sending it. It's such a pleasure to to have a chance to enjoy what you're doing. And I don't even think about it. It's what I wish I was doing. I'm just glad you're doing it <laughs> well that's some good <laughs> I'm good doing dirt. about
2: all I can do <laughs> that's some good dirt up there in New Albany at Tallahatchie oh, yeah. bottom. It's good stuff beautiful stuff you would you know you get up into the hills and you don't realize that uh there's these fields everywhere Gorgeous. I mean, it is beautiful rolling yeah. hills and then you got these fields and there's always uh, uh some type of river or creek at the bottom and it's yep. just as beautiful as it can it, be it's a,
1: we we have a Clean beautiful water beautiful natural environment yeah. and and frankly a gardener alongside doesn't hurt (laughs) no i mean
2: you know tupelo is such an uh, agrarian economy too Uh, you get out and around tupelo it's just beautiful fields you think you're in the delta and then you got these hills (laughs) that's right well i'm not in the delta
1: (laughs) no we're headed to appalachia here if we keep going that's true oh is it ripe yet i've got another one for you how do we know how do we know when the corn is actually ripe, and we talk about the tassels turning brown, and we talk about the the whole business looking ready. You know, in other words, the, you will see a point when you're watching your corn, you'll see it begin to get fatter as it's getting closer. Then it goes to tassel, then it tassels, and then you know that it's about time. But for those of you who are always bugging me about, well, how long is that? How long is that? It's about 20 days from the point. Where the ears are about half silked. In other words, it's it's a, a little more than a couple of weeks past when you're at half silk. So, for example, if you're looking at yours today and they've, they're they half brown and still, there's still yellow golden silk up in there too, it's probably going to be 4th of July when you'll be having corn. And that works out very well for a lot of people. <laughs> so, so, but it's just another way to tell, another way to gauge things and for people who like to keep records uh, for people who like to keep numbers sometimes that has a whole lot more about it than what I would do myself which is to look at it or I'll go out grab hold to the uh the corn ear itself and see if it feels like it's filling up because sometimes they are and sometimes they're not just like my blueberries that were filling up they filled up they're (laughs) tasteless too much water wasn't too much water for me it's too much water at the beginning of the season on them i believe that's what i think let's see now um (laughs) lance i'm gonna let you write back to this guy and tell him the answer to this
2: Oh, I I can give 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 him several several on that one.
1: Yeah, just send him a note. (laughs) Send him a note. Oh, my goodness. I have been so enjoying the caladiums in my neighborhood. I didn't realize they were there. I turned down the street. Now I've gone back that, and I've driven that way twice more so that I can see them. If you are still looking for things to brighten up your garden, caladiums are something that you should not miss because you know what? It's summer. I'm in the city. Wherever you are, it's still summer. But at night, it's a different
3: world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance all night. Just by the heat, it'll be all right. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer? In the city, in the summer, in the city
6: People of Mississippi, it's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you, Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits, like a $2500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus, more or Call 855-413-8769, TTY-711, or visit sharedhealthms.com.
10: Paid active portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNIP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call.
12: I'm David Frederick,
0: owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new Exmark Zero Turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why XMark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an Exmark Zero Turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993.
11: This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open-phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-613-7356 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-613-7356. That's 800-613-7356. What do you have to lose? Call 800-613-7356.
10: Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the
6: Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's Handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon.
8: I noticed Mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the Orchard, I knew it was perfect. The Orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For the extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601 856 2205 or go to orchardretirement.com.
0: We expect our information in real time. US Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as. That's 800-730-8405.
1: Yes, indeed, my friends. When you have a blueberry bush and it's twelve feet tall, <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm trying to decide what exactly to say. This is this is a blueberry bush that I can tell you somebody planted that that long ago. It has at least ten stems. There might be more than that. I mean, trunks to it, and this thing doesn't even start until about halfway up, having a whole lot of leaves because it's been cut back so many times. I understand the dilemma here. The question is whether or not it will leaf out more or less or where it's going to go. When you're taking down, and yes, it is time after the blueberries are picked, that is the time to prune the plants. Here's the thing. If it's 10 or 12 feet tall, you still don't want to take off more than one-third of its overall height and size in one year. So, if we, if if you decide it's twelve feet, you know you're going to take off maybe four feet. If it's ten feet, you're going to take off maybe two and a half. In other words, you're trying to hold it down to between a third and a quarter of its overall size to prune. That's almost the way we prune every kind of woody plant. But in this case, in the in the case of the blueberries, I think you're also going to want to perhaps thin it out by taking out some of those inner branches. Your canopy is going to come back thicker than it is now when you prune it so just be aware of that and you may end up needing to do a little bit more particular pruning a little specific pruning down the way but what a beautiful 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 plant oh john that's lovely <laughs> yeah for all you you all who don't know um we do in fact have jumping carp and yeah they are a hazard so what somebody's out there just spit out their coffee what yes that's right it's not just in the great lakes where you've seen the pictures we have them here i
2: almost got knocked out of a boat <laughs> see at night yeah it was the biggest thing i, I, mean, I don't I,
1: want to know the rest of that yeah, story yeah, yeah. We just fishing and drinking
2: <laughs> and uh, man those carp when the water you know gets you get in those shallows and you can see them that's the big it looks like a salmon
1: you know it and really no, they're does big. they're big yeah they're big uh, the only ones that that I've encountered myself were that in were at a distance. I didn't have I wasn't in the boat, I wasn't anywhere near there. Well, you've just you've literally served it up for me today, Lance. From the University of Liege, yes, in a pioneering study involving Serial entrepreneurs and managers, a multidisciplinary research team, has let us know that there is increased neural connectivity in the brains of entrepreneurs. I believe that you put that together with the other story that we have here today about the long-term, it turns out, benefits of moderate drinking, as you're talking about. The reason we are entrepreneurs as younger people is because the drinking has not solidified the brain pathways yet and we're not so sure of ourselves so we think we can do anything. We're 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 entrepreneurially minded and cognitive flexibility is a big part of that for sure. I have another study however that sort of puts the mm, kibosh on that one because on the other hand it turns out that second guessing is a hardwired behavior. We are always supposed to be a little bit more cautious, perhaps, than the cognitive flexibility of our brains would allow us to be. Think about it. You've got a great idea. You're going to do the great idea. And and you, and you it, it looks smart. It's got all the right parts. You know, you've, you've got the product. You've got the financing. You've got the thing, okay? But on the other hand, you're going to second-guess yourself. So knowing that that is a hardwired normal behavior, and I think, frankly, because we all need constructive criticism, even if it's from ourselves. We need to be edited. We need to have not necessarily have that first idea be the sum total of it all it needs to be thought about. So maybe the second guessing goes along with it. And at the same time, I don't know how the alcohol fits into the second guessing. They didn't study that part. Well,
2: that allows the jadedness to go away. Huh?
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. We We won't be quite as... We'll be quite as sure, but at the same time, we have a little bit more imagination, perhaps, at that point. I I don't know. I promised a little bit about Tatooine. For those of you who could care less about anything in the Star Wars universe, I'm I'm sorry. But um, Tatooine is a harsh desert world orbiting twin suns in the galaxy's outer rim. Now, if you've never seen the pictures, you should. If you've never watched the movies, I'm going to tell you you should. Maybe not, but I really do think you should. Here's the thing: do they exist? You know? Um, if, if, if the sky is orange, what color is the sun? I mean, all those kind of sort of metaphoric and, and odd questions I will put from, from commanders that they ask all the time in science fiction. Uh, how, how are you doing? How do you get along with all of this? Well, we now have a multiplanetary system, tatooine-like. It's the second one. We found it. And I think that's kind of cool. I don't believe that I don't I don't believe that everything that's ever written about comes to pass. I'm not saying that at all. But what I do believe is that sometimes there's a little glimmer in a writer's head and they know that something is potentially possible, so why not take it and write about it? That's the science fiction part. The fantasy part is when you don't have any vision that it's going to be possible and you write about it anyway, and everything else, of course, is some version of fiction that's based on what's happening in in the present world. So science fiction is really based on what could happen. And in the case of finding multi-starred planet, multi-starred solar systems, we have found that. This one is circumbinary. I love that. Circumbinary systems contain planets that orbit around two stars in the center of it instead of just one. Sometimes they are an infinity pattern type uh, of of orbit. Sometimes there are others. But it's very, very cool to have us understand this. They've only found 12, and this is the only second one that has more than one planet in it. So when you read about this this week, you, you will. Undoubtedly, it's going to be all over the place. There's, there's an understanding that this is not n- common But neither is it so exceedingly rare that we have to figure the writer just dreamed it up. It wasn't fantasy.
2: Well, you know, I really would hope that the Cantina Band from I'm uh, confident I'm they're ho- there. Yeah, that's I'm that's confident. you know, he didn't invent that. That, I, that, that you that and I have real. both been
1: bartenders in our life, Lance. Yeah. We've met those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I want
2: to I want to go partying with those guys, the Cantina Band.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I can keep up, but I'll try. The, what is it,
2: Figrin Daan and the Modal Nodes? Oh I yes, the
1: nodes, of course. Oh my goodness, that's funny. That's great stuff. We all understand, in case you don't know this, and you may not think that I know it, but I do. This is Jabba the Hutt's world. If you haven't heard of Tatooine, you have certainly heard of Jabba the Hutt. So just come down the road with us for a minute. It's fun. We have a good time. Oh, that's really beautiful. John's sending us a gorgeous painting from his, from his work today. I love the bridge, but the house is nice. The bridge is, The bridge would get my attention, though. Don't come paint my house. That's all I can tell you. This is his friend's house, and it is a lovely property. But whoo my goodness. I, I I remember going to um, an event, a garden tour, and the artist Wyatt Waters was painting in the garden at the same time that the event was going on. And I have considered, I have asked, I've asked if they have considered any such thing for the Fondren Bottle Tree Garden Tour coming up in October, for which I am gleefully planting more things than I should and ever do in the summer. My water bill is going to be y'all's fault. But anyway, that's another story. I'll still be glad to stand there and at least be able to talk about plants this year instead of about what didn't happen. So (laughs) it'll be fun. We need some more artists. You want to come paint during the tour? Let me know. And speaking of all that, you know I want you to keep on growing, and it's time to be thinking about that next flower and vegetable garden coming up. I want you to think about this, though. I want you to be particular. We'll talk more about that next week. This has been Weekend Gardening.
7: Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of Telesouth
10: Communications.
8: Customers, a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com.
6: We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org.